Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer, they will help you out. We have another virus coming. I'll tell you about that in a second. Joe Biden gets an endorsement. But was it campaign suicide? Finally, a gaming granny. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. 
America has a virus. They have a destructive virus. This virus, well, nobody's found a cure for it yet. There's not a vaccine for it yet. And the truth is, by all accounts, the way I'm reading things, this virus is about to get more and more destructive in the coming days. It's going to be something we all have to be vigilant against. And no, I'm not talking about coronavirus. I'm talking about lawyers. They're out there. And not only are they out there, they are prepping for lawsuits like you cannot possibly imagine. It has been the hidden enemy this entire time, and let's hold on before we get to the Trump sound bites and the McConnell sound bites and everything else. Let's understand something. This is our fault as a nation. This is our nation's leadership's fault. When you stand up, rightly or wrongly, for two months, and you tell the American people, stay home or you're not safe. Stay home or you're not safe. Up six feet away or you're not safe. Don't touch that or you're not safe. Better wear a face mask. Better hide inside. Better have a bubble. We have to wait till there's a vaccine. My goodness, there's no cure yet. What are we going to do? Stay inside. Ah, we're all going to die. Now, they believe it. When you've told them something over and over and over again, they believe it. And the press has doubled and tripled down on everything. The administration, the Trump administration has been all over this. Congressmen, senators been all over this. Stay inside or you're going to die. Every governor, stay inside or you're going to die. Every mayor, stay inside or you're going to die. And now here we are. We have 5% reduction in one quarter of the GDP of America. We have 30 million Americans unemployed. This is an unmitigated economic disaster by any measure. And we need people to go back to work. And so they're like, all right, we're going to start opening. And America's all, I mean, I thought you said I was going to die. But what do you mean we're going to start opening? I have to go back to work? You're going to get a lot of that. Now, you're going to get a lot of Americans, especially those who are out of work, saying, okay, finally, yes, I'm starving. And they're going to risk it. Like during the Spanish flu. When we didn't have these nationwide idiotic lockdowns, there were some in cities, but nothing nationwide. They would open up certain factories. In some cases, only half the workers showed up. The other half stayed home. Good. That's called freedom. But what do you do when a lot of them stay home? What do you do when a lot of them decide, all right, I'll come to work. But if someone gets sick, if I get sick, I'm suing you. Do you know how quickly lawsuits can bring down a company? Let's just put it this way. The biggest, most powerful company in the world could be destroyed by lawsuits. They're that damaging. Soon as they won't insure you anymore, you're gone. We had this problem. And now we have a problem with essential workers. Those of us who our government masters have deemed to be essential. People like meat packers. Well, they're looking around. And they're saying, well, wait a minute. Why am I the only one at work? You told me everyone's going to die. Does that mean I'm going to die? Are you telling me I should die? Donald Trump has an executive order trying to address this issue. Yeah, we're working we with Tyson. We are. We're going to sign an executive order today, I believe. And uh, that'll solve any liability problems where they had certain liability problems. And uh, we'll be in very good shape. We're working with Tyson, which is one of the big companies in that world. And we always work with the farmers. There's plenty of supply. There's plenty of, as you know, there's plenty of supply. It's distribution. And we will uh, probably have that today uh, solved. It was a very unique circumstance because of 
Liability. Liability. Get used to that word. You're going to be hearing a lot of that word. And I'm happy the president is digging in. I'm happy he's partnering with Tyson and these other big companies and trying to figure out solutions. But let me just say, if there was a distribution problem before the federal government stepped in, you'll have to forgive me if I don't have a ton of confidence that distribution problem is about to improve when the federal government steps in. Call me crazy. But again, remember that word, liability, that million dollar word? Well, let's be honest, it's about to be that trillion dollar word. Mitch McConnell says we got to do something about it. We can't pass another bill unless we have liability protections, uh, and that's the only way we're going to ultimately begin to get past this, and that is to begin to open up uh, the economy again. We have to have businesses brave enough to open up again, uh, employees uh, brave enough to go back to work, and I'm glad to see that some of the states are beginning to move in the direction of reopening. This is where we're going to find ourselves in a really, 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 really big pickle. Because guess what's coming? I'm about to preview it for you. You ready? Once again, go ahead and record, Mr. Producer. I'm about to make another amazing prediction since pretty much all of them, sadly, have turned out to be right at this point in time. They're going to try to pass another massive bill through Congress. That bill is going to be more stimulus and loans and more pork spending and garbage and stuff our great-grandkids are going to have to pay off. But that aside. Part of the compromise on that bill is going to be, well, let's get some liability protection for these companies out here. But there's more to it than that. You ready for some inside baseball? I'm about to give it to you. Lawyers, trial lawyers, lawyers who sue people. I know you're going to find this really, really shocking. Not universal, but mostly They campaign for Democrats. They donate to Democrats. They are a huge part of the Democrat constituency. We don't have to go into all the reasons why. That's just the fact of the matter. Democrats are never going to compromise and pass a bill that kneecaps one of their biggest constituencies. You don't stay in power by continually screwing over your own voters. Those are Democrat voters. So what we're going to get is this. And I don't know when. Maybe a week. Maybe two weeks. Maybe a month. They're going to pass another bill with loads more spending that they can't control and won't control, and the money will be gone like that, and it won't do a lick of good just like the rest of it. Also, there's going to be some of the weakest liability protection ever in that bill. Mark it down. South Dakota governor, she has a plan. We encourage them to have less than 10 people in their dining rooms, in their facilities, and to focus on delivery and carry out. Uh, What we've told them today when I unveiled my back to normal plan was that I asked them to ensure physical distancing within their facilities to make sure that they had a rigorous uh, sanitation cleanliness protocol that they followed. Uh, And I think that our folks in South Dakota are ready to do that. They don't mind taking extra measures and steps if we're giving them the opportunity to look at their specific situation and make adjustments that use common sense. I think that's the difference and the example that our people have set, and I'm proud of them. Anyway, good for her. That's fine. Let's, let's keep it. Look, South Dakota has been outstanding. And Christy Dome, the governor up there, has been outstanding. Totally applaud her. Totally applaud what they've done as far as pushing back on these absurd lockdown orders. So I'm not criticizing. I'm not trying to nitpick. But restaurants don't want anybody to get sick. 
If there's any industry out there that knows about cleanliness and the importance of things like that, it's a restaurant. These requirements of make sure there's only 10 people, and we're doing this in Texas, you heard me yell about it. Well, make sure there's only 25%. They've got it covered. Let them get it covered. Let people do what they do. Let them surprise you with their ingenuity. You'll be shocked at what people can do with freedom. The people there are thrilled with her staying, staying open, though. Here's a little parade for her. It's a parade for you. Wave to them. <laughs> You hear that, politicians? Nationwide? You know why they're clapping? They're not clapping because she told them to hide under their beds for coronavirus. They're clapping because she's a governor who didn't destroy her own state's economy on purpose. And, ooh, looks like November's coming. Might want to take notes on that. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, these are stressful times. I get it. It's, it's uncertain out there. You have coronavirus, you have the debt, you've got employment, or maybe you don't have employment anymore. You're, there's no shortage out there of things to worry about. And so what comes hard nowadays? Sleep. You lay there and you think, oh my gosh, I can't turn my mind off. And so what do you do? You go grab some sleeping pills and then you feel groggy the next day. Or you get another mouthpiece that doesn't work worth a crap. Or you could get an ebb sleep. Go to tryeb.com. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Tryeb.com slash jesse. It's a wearable device that provides precise cooling to the forehead area, which calms those thoughts, which puts you to sleep, which keeps you asleep. And if you go to tryeb.com slash jesse and you use the promo code jesse, you get 25 bucks off your order. Tryeb.com slash jesse, 25 bucks off. Go have a good night's sleep. Well, as you know, we haven't dug into all the Biden assault accusations, and I think I need to clarify why. You've never really seen me dig into those accusations against anybody, and I hate to burst your bubble, you never will. There are a couple reasons for this. One... It can be really ugly to talk about such things when you don't know what's true and what's not true. I don't like personal gossip against people I love. I don't like personal gossip against people I hate. I tend to mind my own business. This Tara Reid person may very well be telling the truth that Biden's an assaulting scumbag. I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever know until somebody is convicted of these crimes, has gone through due process, I do not like blasting people for any reason. That's why you're never going to see me dig into this stuff. You're just not. So-and-so has announced uh, after 30 years that, that uh, she was assaulted on a plane. I didn't listen to them when they happened to Trump. I didn't listen to them when they happened to Kavanaugh. I don't listen to them when they happened to Biden. That's just how I personally do business. Now, granted, I can sit back and laugh at Democrat hypocrisy because they take the Kavanaugh accusations and they carry them around like they're, like they're the truth of God. And then these happen and they're like, oh, that woman's a liar. Well, that's not, uh, that's, that's a little hypocritical, don't you think? 
Nevertheless, just because I don't dig into all these things doesn't mean they're not there. You're not going to hear me address it really on this show, but they are there. I mean, this woman has people backing her up and people, especially on the right, are asking hard questions and time frame. And did she work for Biden? And why isn't anyone asking Biden? And so on. Look, this is there for Biden is what I'm saying. This is something he's going to have to address as the likely nominee for president of the United States for the Democrat Party. He hasn't really had to address it. And if you're Joe Biden and you're facing an accuser like this, I'm not sure there's a worse person you could roll out as an endorsement at that time than Hillary Clinton. And it really shows how tone deaf the Biden campaign is. Now, you may be saying, oh, Jesse, Hillary's a woman. It's a great time to roll out Hillary Clinton. Um, Hillary Clinton, by word of the victims, has been maybe one of the worst people in the United States of America at telling victims to shut up. Alleged victims of her husband, shut up, be quiet. These accusations are out there. Even if they're not true, they're out there. This is not some champion of women who've been abused. This is, if you believe the victims, somebody who's done the abusing. So if you're Joe Biden and you're in the middle of these accusations, might not be the best time to have the old Hill endorsement. I am thrilled uh, to be part of your campaign to not only endorse you, but to help highlight a lot of the issues that are at stake uh, in this presidential election. So I want to add my voice to the many who have endorsed you uh, to be our president. Just think of what a difference it would make right now if we had a president who not only listened to the science, put facts over fiction, but brought us together, showed the kind of compassion and caring that we need from our president and which Joe Biden has been exemplifying throughout his entire life. Yeah, Joe, that's a big score for you, buddy. <laughs> I can't. Who wants the Hillary Clinton endorsement anyway? Even if she didn't have this ugly, ugly, you know, history when it comes to women. The lady has the personality of a sea urchin. She's maybe the worst political candidate ever. You remember when, when Barack Obama became president? Let's rewind just a little bit from that, during that primary. You forget, Hillary was the chosen one then. She was the likely nominee. It was going to be Hillary. It's Hillary this, Hillary that, and Obama comes in from nowhere. The guy was some idiot senator from Illinois that had a resume about paper thin, and he runs to be president. Why? Because he got to face that woman. And then last time, uh, she just basically has the entire primary paved for her. And then she faces off against Trump and doesn't even campaign in one of the most important swing states. Hillary Clinton is not a good politician. Is she good at you know, uh, being first lady? I guess maybe. Is she good at acquiring power, abusing power? Oh, definitely. But Hillary Clinton is not a capable person when it comes to getting elected. <laughs> but be that as it may... Joe sure looked excited about it. By women in our country has been classified as essential. So this is an issue that affects all of us, uh, young and old. Was he sleeping? 
He looked like he was sleeping, right? <laughs> Gosh, this is too great. This year is proving to be fantastic. I mean, if you don't count the fact that we're ripping each other to shreds, we have a deadly pandemic, and we have 30 million people unemployed. Purely entertainment-wise, if you have to step back and watch this whole disaster, it's uh, not short of material, is it? Finally, speaking of comedy, Justin Amash is some congressman from Michigan. Nobody really knows who he is. He's kind of a libertarian-ish Republican, which is fine. I'm probably, you probably consider me that mostly. Uh, he has since gotten the worst case of Trump derangement syndrome I've ever seen in my life. He, of course, had to do the big thing. I'm leaving the Republican Party. Oh, gosh. And the media took an entire day patting him on the back. Oh, that's very brave. Look, look at Justin Amash. Wow, it's a miracle. The least popular guy in Congress, as far as Republicans go, is leaving the Republican Party. Yes, good work. And surprise, surprise, he has an announcement. <laughs> Quote, today... I launched an exploratory committee to seek the LP Nationals, that's Libertarian Party Nationals, nomination for President of the United States. Americans are ready for practical approaches based in humility and trust of the people. If you want to do the Libertarian thing, that's fine. Like I said, I swing that way mostly. Here's the problem. If you're going to be Mr. Libertarian, maybe you shouldn't have been the guy who voted to impeach Trump. Because if you remember, impeaching Trump was all based on information that was obtained from a FISA warrant that was obtained illegally by the FBI. You see, libertarians believe in a lot of things. You may agree with some, you may not agree with others. That's fine. But one thing that's kind of universal when it comes to libertarians is the federal law enforcement arm illegally obtaining a warrant to spy on an American citizen, it's like the most anti-libertarian thing ever. But hey, do your thing, Justin. Do your thing. Go get them donors, boy. Now, Omega XL. You see, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a coronavirus out there, and it is deadly. It is something we have to take serious. And if, in case that's not enough bad news, there's more. It's not the only virus out there. And even once it's gone, there'll be another one coming. And there's always something new. And if you allow yourself to sit down and read the notes on everything that's out there, it's enough to paralyze you with fear, right? But you have to live your life. You have to get out of that house and go live your life. So what do you do? Well, you don't just have to throw caution to the wind. You can improve your own immune system with an all-natural anti-inflammatory supplement called Omega XL. Omega XL will strengthen your immune system without harmful drugs into your body, without sitting around praying for a new vaccine. Go to OmegaXL.com slash Jesse, and when you do that, you get a second bottle free with your first order. OmegaXL.com slash Jesse. Joining me now, my friend Stephanie Hamill, video columnist with The Daily Caller. Stephanie, America is going to start getting back to work, and now people are worried about lawsuits. It's something nobody's really put a lot of thought into until now. I'm worried about it, too. You already have a theater in Dallas saying, oh, thanks for their permission to open, but no thanks. How do we yeah, get around we this one? 
Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, we've been seeing a lot of these coronavirus-related lawsuits popping up every single day and some major ones. It is a difficult situation, uh, particularly for businesses who are trying to open because it seems like the rules change every single day. I'm not an attorney, but I've had some interviews with attorneys asking these very questions. How do you protect yourself if you're a business owner when the rules change every day and then the government's not really on the hook for all of those rule changes? So uh, number one, you have to give workers an option whether they want to come back to work or not. Like you can't like force someone, obviously. So there was discussions about waivers that people would sign if they would come back to work. And uh, if you look at like the Walmart case, for example, uh, there there were Walmart employees suing, saying that the work environment made it unsafe for them. Uh, a couple Walmart employees came down with coronavirus, so they were suggesting that they got it from work. And it is also difficult to prove where you got coronavirus because you could get it anywhere. You could get it at work, but you could have gotten it, uh, you know, touching a car door handle or a door handle somewhere else. So you just really don't know. That's another concern. I'm glad you brought up Walmart. How do we address all this stuff going forward when these big corporations, I mean, nobody wants to get sued, but they can withstand a lawsuit. The mom and pop shop, that can end them. Yeah, and so that's why I was talking about those waivers. I, I have a feeling that uh, a lot of employees that are going back to work are going to be signing these forms, uh, saying it's at will and that they won't be able to sue their employers. Uh, but that's also a different, a difficult situation. As somebody who uh, it, it works for someone else, I, I wouldn't want to be on the hook for that myself. I, I would want my business to protect me before going to work. Uh, so I think that we're gonna see a lot of forms and people are gonna have to sign away that if, if they get coronavirus, they're on their own, unfortunately. Uh, see, that's where you and I differ. That, I've actually been trying to get sick so I can sue the first, but that's, that's another matter entirely. Politics. Yeah. Hillary Clinton just did a town hall with Joe Biden on women. The timing of this is quite interesting because Joe Biden has this accuser. I don't know whether she's telling the truth or not. Nobody does. But it's the elephant in the room the media won't seem to address. Do they honestly think they're going to get cleared in November without having to address this? Why not just get it out now? They're not helping themselves. Yeah, I guess if they don't talk about it, it's not really happening or doesn't exist or never happened, right? That's kind of the mentality there. Yeah, it's incredible. There's a woman by the name of Tara Reid who's accused Joe Biden, the presumptive Democratic nominee, of sexual assault back in the 90s when she used to work for him. Uh, seems seems like it's credible, but I also believe in due process, and uh, Biden has denied it. But there are a lot of uh, witnesses that are coming out in support of this victim, uh, Tara, alleged victim, Tara Reid. And uh, it's interesting that the news media, they don't believe women all of a sudden, but I remember back when Justice Brett Kavanaugh was uh, being destroyed by the media and by Democratic politicians who at one point said that they believe all women no matter what. And actually, Joe Biden said the same exact thing. He said he believed women no matter what, unless, of course, women are accusing him of sexual assault. That's how it works. Look, when the Kavanaugh hearings were happening and he was being accused of sexual assault, uh, I, I knew that the Me Too movement was a fraud because at that same time there were Democrats who were also accused of sexual assault, like Keith Ellison, who was the co-chair of the Democratic National Committee, and no one cared about the claims made against him. So I, I just knew that it was a dishonest campaign and it was just politically motivated. And uh, as for Biden, I don't know if this is politically motivated. This is a story that we're following. And I do believe that uh, it is terrible that the media 
is uh, not even discussing it, or if they do, they reluctantly discuss it because, as you know, Biden appears to be their guy. What's their excuse for that? I mean, I understand they're hacks. I understand they're dishonest. I get all that. But what honestly is the, ex is the excuse? If you're going to run with the flimsiest allegations in the history of allegations, and that was Christine Blasey Ford's fine. But what, how could you possibly, with a straight face, run with hers and not take this one as far as it can go? Because, again, I don't know what happened. I don't make these accusations, nor do I care about this stuff because I don't believe anybody. But these are, I mean, they look pretty solid. Well, I mean, look, I care about these accusations. I do uh, believe, you know, some women, but you shouldn't just believe anyone no matter what. That's crazy uh, because it's unfair to the person who's being accused. You would think that if somebody was accusing my father, my brother, or somebody else, I would want the men in my life to have, uh, you know, a fair trial and also have their side heard. Uh, as for why the media is doing this, as I said, Biden's obviously their guy. The people who are very anti-Trump are going to look past this. We've seen uh, some of the Democratic politicians, the high-profile ones that were uh, for the Me Too movement, now supporting Biden, which is inexplicable, obviously. We saw Hillary Clinton come out and support him, which is kind of ironic. Obviously, she has issues with her husband, Bill Clinton. And uh, do you remember her ad when she was like, I believe all women and we support you and Me Too. <laughs> and then now she's supporting Biden. It's just such a joke. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Joe and politics, vice president, there's obviously a huge rumor mill around it being Stacey Abrams, maybe Kamala Harris. That seems to be the inside baseball choice. Everyone seems to know within the D.C. circles that it's already Kamala Harris. I guess I'll leave that one up to you. What are you hearing? You have a lot more fancy D.C. types than I do. Well, it appears the media is really pushing Abrams and uh, obviously pushing Kamala Harris. That would be good for him if he could mix it up with a woman or a minority, you know, especially because the Democratic Party claims to be the party of minorities and inclusion and everything else. Yet, every time they pick candidates, it's not so much that story. Biden is um, kind of like a boring, old, stale candidate, career politician. There's nothing exciting about him, and there's really no enthusiasm behind his campaign. It's so boring. And then they bring in Clinton, Hillary Clinton, to support him and give the endorsement and somewhat, uh, she's gonna start helping him campaign. It's boring. <laughs> I don't I don't even know if I could yawn long enough for that. <laughs> do you think they're under the impression, the Biden campaign people, do you think they're under the impression they can just kind of hide in his basement until November? And I'm not even saying they're wrong, by the way, if that's what they think. If unemployment stays where it is, I've been on the record saying, I think Trump loses, as sad as that is. I, I believe that. Do you think Biden's campaign believes that or do they think they have to play a little offense? I, yeah, this is tough because the Biden campaign was trying to hide him during the primary, right? They, they don't want him out there because he's a walking gaff machine. So this is kind of a blessing in disguise, <laughs> but, but keep in mind, he needs to raise money. Yes, March was uh, their biggest fundraising month. I think they've raised like $46 million, but they just can't compete with the Trump campaign operation. I think it was either in the first or second quarter, the Trump campaign brought in $212 million. Their infrastructure is set for this online outreach that Biden just doesn't have. But also keep in mind, he could hardly fill a room. like even when he was campaigning. So could you imagine people eagerly jumping uh, on Zoom to hear what Biden has to say when he doesn't even know what state he is? And sometimes it's, it's pretty crazy. Stephanie Hamill, Daily Caller, appreciate you.
Thank you, Jesse. We're not quite done yet. We've got a gaming granny. Hang on. Well, Mayor Bill de Blasio, that ray of sunshine in New York City, he's got a new problem on his hands. Here's what happened. Somebody died. Somebody in the Jewish community up there died in Brooklyn. Williamsburg, Brooklyn, to be sp uh, specific. And they had a large funeral take place for this person. Here's the issue. You see that, and you're looking, and you think, wow, those are a bunch of crowds. What are they doing? By all accounts, from what we know, they actually got permission to do all this. This wasn't just a bunch of rebels violating those sacred social distancing requirements. They got permission. That's why the cops were lining the road. Police escorts the works. Well, either nobody informed de Blasio or he had a change of heart because de Blasio comes out and says, quote, something absolutely unacceptable happened in Williamsburg tonight, a large funeral gathering in the middle of this pandemic. When I heard, I went there myself to ensure the crowd was dispersed. And what I saw will not be tolerated so long as we are fighting the coronavirus. I love the fact, my, maybe my favorite part of all this was when I saw what was happening, I went there myself. Yes, Bill, I'm sure, I'm sure the thought of Bill de Blasio showing up really scattered the masses. Oh, my word, Bill's here. Is that Godzilla? <laughs> Gosh. He has a statement out on this today. I have a long, deep relationship with the Orthodox Jewish community. A lot of personal relationships. A lot of people I know and respect. I have a lot of love for the community. The notion that people would gather in large numbers, and even if they didn't mean to, would spread a disease that will kill other members of the community is just unacceptable to me. So we have to do something different. And um, we have to break out of whatever we thought was normal in the past because these are not normal times. So we're not going to be allowing these kind of gatherings in any community. Uh, this was by far the largest, the largest gathering in any community of New York City of any kind that I had heard of or seen uh, directly or on video since the beginning of this crisis, and it's just not allowable. Mm. If that sounded like kind of an apologetic, explain-away thing, and you're like, well, where did that come from? I don't understand. Bill de Blasio got online last night, maybe after a scotch or two, who knows, and he dropped this little gem after he saw the funeral. This is real. I'm about to read this, and it's verbatim. On my life, I'm not making this up. You can go look it up yourself. Here's Mayor Bill de Blasio. Quote, my message to the Jewish community and to all communities is this simple. The time for warnings has passed. I have instructed the NYPD to proceed immediately to summons or even arrest those who gather in large groups. This is about stopping this disease and saving lives, period. Well, when you start out as the mayor of the biggest city in the United States of America was something that essentially says, dear Jews, disperse, or we're sending the cops. That's, uh, boy, that went over like a lead balloon. De Blasio, he is the gift that keeps on giving. Stay safe out there, people. All right, we got Jim Hansen and more. Hang on.
Joining me now, president of the Security Studies Group, former Green Beret and friend of mine, Jim Hansen. Jim, before we get into all the politics and all the other scum out there that we have to deal with on a daily basis, it looks like some things are going to be opening soon. I personally will be at Red Lobster this Friday night. Where's the first restaurant you're going to once you get opened up again? Pork Barrel Barbecue, brother. How about that? Oh, how, how Washington, D.C. barbecue. Why are you even bothering with Washington, D.C. barbecue? Why don't you just eat a shoe? Because <laughs> it's in Virginia. They <laughs> stole the name. They pork barreled the name out of D.C. into northern Virginia. And, dude, they do some epic burnt ends. So, yeah, I will be deep okay. in the brisket. All right. Fair enough. Now. We have a situation with law enforcement in the country, and I wanted you on specifically today to talk about this. Law enforcement is, I mean, look, they have to wade through the crap every single day. Every single day they wake up and they have to deal with all the people none of us want to even pretend exists. Murders, rapists, thieves, drug dealers, everything underneath the sun. So that's why I've always been so pro-cop. And that's why it ticks me off we are forcing these guys, or in some cases, look, they're doing it on their own and doing it too far, to enforce crappy laws, crappy rules, and we are hurting the American public's relationship with law enforcement. How do we solve this problem? Because I'm telling you, man, it's going to be a problem. Hey, you know what I think is a great first step? Did you see the memo Attorney General Barr sent out to all his U.S. attorneys and governors and mayors across the country? saying that the Constitution is not suspended during a crisis. And he said, you can knock that crazy stuff you're talking about off, or I might just have to stick a federal boot in your butt and take you to court. So that's a start. You know, I think, I think the idea that just because, oh my God, everybody decided to have corona freak out, then anything goes in emergency powers or whatever you think they are, well, no, they're not. You cannot supersede the Constitution in any way just because the flu hit down. Never Trump. Before we get to Justin Amash in general, I need you to describe what exactly Never Trump is for people who only exist in the social media world. What are they? Where did they come from? They are people who were nominally Republicans. You know, they were kind of our, our weakest most pathetic, spineless fringe closest to the left, mm -hmm. who, who never really wanted, you know, too much Republicaning or too much conservatism or too much religion or too much of the, the scary stuff that us people on the actual right do. And when Trump came to town, they lost their minds because they are the dignified, you know, they are the elite, the upper crust, the academics. And they didn't like the fact that, let's be fair, Trump's a vulgarian. Okay, that's a cruel way to say it, but he is. He doesn't care what they think. He doesn't care what people think about him. He says what he wants, he does what he wants, he kicks who he wants in the teeth, and he takes no crap. And this is the spineless bend over, you know, and, and take it like a man crowd that turned into Never Trump. Okay, which leads us perfectly to Justin Amash. He is, <laughs> I guess, a self-proclaimed libertarian congressman out of Michigan. If you don't know who he is, you are certainly not in the minority. Long story short, this guy has now declared he's running for office as a libertarian. But Jim, I don't know, maybe, maybe my notes are wrong here, but 
I can see that Justin Amash actually supported the impeachment of Trump, which means he stood behind the findings of an illegally obtained FISA warrant, a FISA warrant where the FBI, by all accounts, broke the law to obtain. Now, I don't pretend to be Ayn Rand, but that doesn't sound very libertarian. <laughs> and Justin Amash is a big Justin Amash fan. I mean, he's like the Justin Bieber of Congress, all right? Really thinks he's a lot more <laughs> talented than he is. And what he's going to do is he's going to take people who weren't going to vote for Trump anyhow and give them a reason not to vote for Biden. Who cares? Good. You know, go ahead. Jerk yourself around. He's not going to take any donor money from Trump. He's not going to take but a couple votes from Trump. And he'll take as many from whoever the Dem candidate is and maybe more than he will from Trump anyhow. So the bottom line is he's, you know, playing with himself and the few of the spineless folks we mentioned before who want to pretend they're better than everybody else. And in the end, it is much ado about nothing. I am very concerned, not necessarily about cuts to the federal government. As everybody knows, I would slash and burn basically 90% of it if given the opportunity. But I am concerned we are going to have severe austerity measures, whether it be this year, next year. You cannot survive on deficits like this and debts like this. What's the first to go? What is a bipartisan thing that they can agree on? And I'm asking this specifically because I think a lot of fingers are going to be pointed towards the military and say, hey, fellas, it's time to cut some stuff out. Hey, you know, they can try, but I, I think that would be the one place where you're going to run into at least some solid conservative support from most of the country. You know, most of us understand, especially now, you know, we essentially are at bio war with the Chinese. I don't believe it was a bioweapon that they sent against us, but their actions of hiding the evidence and doing the rest are essentially the same as declaring war on the United States and the rest of the world. If you think that's going to get better, and now would be the time for the U.S. to appear weak overseas, I would say you're just about crazy. Now, the problem is the bulk of the money that is spent each year by Congress and by our government is in entitlements, which is the most grotesque word in the Washington vocabulary. Because the bottom line, the only thing anyone's really entitled to is air and opportunity. Everything else is a gimme, and usually with other people's money. So they're going to have trouble. They're going to have to cut some actual of the government programs that create the free stuff the Democrats like to give away. I think that's the only place where there's actual fat. Most of the rest of it, we're going to have to keep. Jim, every time I hear arguments about China, what we should do, what we shouldn't do, from smart people, they tend to bring up Taiwan a lot. For the uninitiated or those of us who don't care to read, per se, what's Taiwan? Taiwan is another part of what the Chinese communists think is China and the Taiwanese think is their own republic. And we've been kind of splitting the baby on that for decades now. We somewhat recognize Taiwan as a separate country, and we somewhat recognize China's right to be tyrannical rulers over it. So it, it was. There was a battle when the Chinese went communist. There were two camps. There was Mao's camp, which became Chinese, communist China, and there was Chiang Kai-shek's uh, camp, which became Taiwan. In the end, Mao won, but in the peace settlement, they let Taiwan kind of pretend to be its own country, and it's never really either broken free or been absorbed. We could cause them a lot of trouble by saying, Taiwan, yeah, we dig it. How about Taiwan as a country? Welcome to the UN, brothers. 
Dude always makes us smarter, even though he was in the Army. Jim Hansen, Security Studies Group. I appreciate you, brother. Good to be with you. All right. We have the gaming granny videos seen around the world. I'm not making that up. Hang on. I love a good story about people staying young because it's so easy to fall into that rut. I do it myself at the ripe old age of 38 where you're like, you know what? I'm done with this new stuff. The internet, pff, that's never going to catch on. But the truth is you should always try to stay young, stay relatable in some way, in some way or form, some form or fashion, whatever. I make up my own sayings on the show. Stay relatable to young people, even as you get older, not just so it keeps you in the know, it helps keep you young. You talk to these older people who do this, they enjoy it because it reminds them of how they used to be. It's awesome. So when I find out about this grandma, 84 years old, named Shirley Curry, she has 821,000 YouTube subscribers. And you know what she does? She plays video games. My son gave me a computer and a game and started me in both and I became addicted. I had a few subscribers and they asked me to record my gameplay because they knew I liked to play games. So one day I decided to do it. It took off from there. What did you do? I'm stuck. Oh, no. I told you not to step on that. <laughs> That's awesome. That lady's awesome. I want to hang out with her. All right. We're going to do this again tomorrow. Don't worry. Don't forget we have a special coming this week that you are not going to miss on Friday. I'll see you then. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy, I dipped for so long, and what would happen is I would decide I'm gonna quit. Ah, oh, it's bad for me, I'm gonna quit. I'm a man, I don't need any help, I'm just gonna quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch, that didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds, I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free, it's nicotine-free, it's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.